So uh, Alan asks a question. Um, and again, I just want to remind people, we've got another 15 minutes left or so uh, in the show. If you have any questions, type them in, press the raise my hand button. We'll bring you on. Even if you just want to kind of hang out with us, that's cool too. So Alan asks, uh, do you feel that the spiral dynamics in integral communities can reunite and contribute anything to the political dialogue moving forward? And do you ever see integral ideas getting news exposure in the future? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think that from an, from a, the integral perspective is unique, right? Like we're doing this show because we, we believe that we have something unique to say. Mm-hmm. It isn't what is being said uh, all the time. And I think that once the world starts to see that the answers that are being given um, by the folks in power, that they're not, it's not working, then we're gonna move in a different direction and that our answers are gonna be much more interesting uh, to the public. It, you know, it happened, it's how we got a constitution, right? It's how we got an, a basically an orange document uh, for a constitution when a majority of the people weren't at that stage. Yeah, but there was something unique that was being said in those Federalist Papers. There was something unique about individual liberty that wasn't being honored by the king. Uh, there was something unique about religious liberty that wasn't being offered when, when folks chose to come over here. And so when folks can see that what is, what is being offered currently does not meet the problems of today, and that there is a viable alternative. And I think, you know, it may mean that we come together and create uh, an integralist party or a metamodern party uh, that, that, you know, starts to espouse some of the values of some of the things that we're talking about today to start to give people that alternative. Because, you know, like we, we have like independence, but, you know, what did they really, you know, like Angus King is an independent in Maine. And he aligns with the Democrats most of the time. But like, it would be neat if Angus King actually had a party that had certain positions as opposed to just being an independent. Right. And so I think we're going to have to, I think even as I'm speaking, we're going to have to put ourselves out there more, Alan, uh, to, to create those answers that you're, you're looking for us to do. We're going to have to be out there. Yeah, I think that's, I, I, I think that's right. I think it's a great answer. And, you know, Integral does continue to be what Roger Walsh describes as a cognitive minority. Very much are. You know, we are a deep but narrow niche. <laughs> you know what I mean? In terms of like this overall informational ecosystem that we're all inhabiting. Um, so we are very much a cognitive minority. But as you say, so were the founding fathers. The founding fathers were also a cognitive minority who happened to exist at this, you know, period, this, this sort of crucible of history right? Which actually allowed for their views and their values and their visions to spill out into the rest of our society and, and, and our culture, because they just happened to be the right guys, all guys who were there at the right time, at the right place to allow something new to emerge through them. And I see this integral audience in the exact same way. Now, I think that, you know, sometimes when Ken talks about tipping points and all that stuff, he gets a little bit glib. I think it doesn't quite work the way it worked 500 years ago. Um, you know, when suddenly just you hit 10% of the population, it all starts filtering down. I think we have all sorts of um, 
you know, informational silos that people are in that actually make them resilient to novelty kind of way, you know, uh, uh, negatively resilient, resilient in a harmful kind of sense. Um, so I think that there's some real challenges in terms of exerting influence. But I also want to say that, look, the 2016 election, it was decided by what? Something like 30, 40,000 votes across a handful of states, right? right? We have more people than that on our mailing list, right? Just to sort of remind you of what your power is, you at home watching us right now, this is your power. Every vote, every voice counts, especially in such sort of politically tumultuous times as we're in right now, where everyone is just operating on this kind of black and white polarized mentality. And these elections really do come down to just like, you know, sometimes five or six people in some counties, right? So I absolutely think that we exert a much bigger influence than we give ourselves credit for, right? I, I think we absolutely do. And I think we still have a lot of work ahead of us because I think that over the last 15 years, sort of one of the main organizing forces of the integral community has been simply us trying to figure out how to talk to each other integrally on this wavelength, right? I think what's coming down the line next is figuring out how to talk to other people, people who are at earlier stages of development, how to engage them integrally, how to make them feel seen and valued and like there's a place for them in this while also you know maybe hovering a half step above them to sort of encourage their own growth and their own sort of perspective taking and perspective building i think all of that is important but i do think there's a muscle there that's new for a lot of integralists which is how do i put sort of the the language and the jargon kind of on the back burner and lead with an integral heart right that again leads with curiosity, leads with humility, leads with a genuine desire to embrace and enfold and to like to understand. I just want to understand you because even though I might, you know, I'm a self-identified integral and da da, da, da da I have so much to learn from people all over this spectrum. People all over the spectrum have information and data and perspectives and views that are just in my blind spot still, and they're valuable to me. And I wanna feel like I can form a bridge with those people, I can form a relationship. And hey, maybe some of us can even, you know, inspire each other. And that inspiration can go back and forth, right? I go to like, you know, I've got a hardwood store here in town that's owned by, you know, sort of this rednecky Trump hat wearing, you know, conservative guy. And I go in there and I buy my wood and we just have like wonderful, delightful conversations for like an hour, just about, family and the world and you know we don't get into the politics stuff because there's so much more for us to unfold over right that we can kind of like hey you know we don't need to kind of lead with our political identities here in fact our political identities are probably probably saying less about us and ourselves and each other than just like simple connection you know what i mean just let's talk about wood for an hour and how much we love it like that is so much more connecting and 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 fulfilling you know what I mean? Than having an argument on the internet for an hour. So there's so many more opportunities for us to connect and engage with each other and to dig below our political views and instead identify the values, the shared values that we have in common. Yeah. And maybe I have a couple other values that I stack on top of those, but that is still alive for me. And that is my opportunity to form a very, very deep resonance 
with you where you feel, you know, seen and regarded and, you know, all of that. So I think that that is sort of the, the next muscle that the inner community is going to start learning how to exercise. And when we do, I think that's where the real bridge building comes online. And that's where we can really get into the fray and start closing some of these gaps that are just right now, you know, we live in an expanding universe and we're all kind of being pulled away from each other. Um, it's up yeah. to integral, I think, to step into that and sort of create a new connective tissue that starts pulling our civilization back together again. And I'm very, very hopeful that um, we're already on that path. We're already dealing with all the, the right problems and the right contradictions and the right challenges to bring and accelerate integral ideas um, and bring them into, you know, a, I think a bigger, wider, larger, louder kind of emergence. Um, and I'm excited for that. I mean, I've, I've, that's my bodhisattva vow is to do everything I can to help facilitate that within my own kind of, you know, sphere. Right. Um, right. I know that's true for you too. And I think that's true for everyone who's watching us right now. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, I, part of my life, I'm a college professor. And so I'm dealing with people at different stages of the spectrum and I've got to um, translate the material uh, and, and my own integral values and consciousness to my students at whatever stages that they're at. And it really does require a deep level of listening. Um, and it, but it, you know, even saying what you were saying about like <clears throat> staying away from the politics, I actually think, and you, and you kind of said this, that the, where the muscle is really got to be developed is that when we start to talk about the politics in a way where we kind of glow, go below the surface of the external expression of what ought to happen mm -hmm. about what it is that you really value at the deeper level, where you and I can meet and actually converse and talk about how we both value these things. And then we can have the natural discussion about, well, how do we get there? And then we can do the Socratic process of questioning the different ways of getting at the same thing no. that we're concerned about. And so I hope that we can start to share some tools and work together uh, with humility and respect to see, you know, how can we build those tools so that we can really cross-pollinate and build the connective tissue that you described. We've got to do it. We don't really have a choice. You know, if we don't do this, we are fucked. Yeah. And we are really, really fucked. Yeah. And we're already fucked in many ways because we haven't done it. And so the fierce urgency, if we come back to King, the fierce urgency of now is real. It is deeply, deeply real. We got no other moment, ladies and gentlemen, other than the now right now, <laughs> in terms of what we got to do. And it's so catastrophic. There's too many things at stake that we have got to get off our asses and start to make that change and build the connective tissue and not wait for some savior to do it. it the savior is you, me, and everybody else listening. Um, let's get after it. Love it. Oh, I love that invitation. I mean, own justice, right? I mean, own it. Don't, don't push it out. Don't put it into a shadow. Don't think it's just this sort of, you know, the lower right quadrant system that is, you know, uh, depersonalized and is sort of separate from you. Just not to be cheesy here, but justice really does kind of come down to just us. 
and that the only justice we're going to find is in that space between you and I and between, you know, you and anyone who you happen to be interfacing with at any given moment. That's where the seed of justice is planted. That's where it's nurtured. That's where it, it comes to fruition. Um, and I think that if we can keep that in mind in all of our daily activities, in all of our conversations, whether you're talking to someone in an integral group on Facebook or you're talking to the gas station attendant when you're, you know, paying for your gas, whatever it is, I mean, keep that space between you alive, keep it, you know, fertile, stay curious, stay humble, and, you know, just really um, be there for each other and, and understand how we are really all in this together. Amen. Yeah, man. <laughs>